Welcome, adventurers, to the archives of legend and lore. I am the Kadike GM, and every week I will bring a monster, humanoid, aberration, or some other being to the gaming table and put it in the spotlight, so to say. We'll discuss some of the lore, the differences in additions, and possible ways to use them in your one-shot or campaign. You'd better cover your ears. Oh wait, this is a podcast. Uncover your ears. But prepare for a screaming good time. This week we look at Banshees. Before we jump into the lore, I hope you enjoy our story, The Borning Whale. He had been sent to this desolate place to find his sister. She, through no fault of his own, had been sold by their uncle for a debt two weeks prior. The uncle was punished. He lay at the edge of the swamp Tannis now ventured into. The woman that bought her was an old hag that lived here. She would pay if a hair on his sister's head was harmed. Tannis took the most direct route, which meant he was waist-deep in swamp water now, but he knew to find the trail would take too long. Up ahead, he could see the building the hag called home. The sun was going down, and darkness was coming fast. No light glowed from the windows, no fire roaring to stay warm. She had better be there, he thought. He trudged faster through the muck and mud. He still had enough sense in him to stop and listen once he got to the door. Silence greeted him. He wasn't about to lose the element of surprise. He slowly turned the handle of the door, and it was unlocked. It didn't surprise him. Who was going to break into a shack in the middle of a swamp? Only a full half-elf that had to save his sister, that's who. The door opened silently. The moisture of the swamp must have kept the hinges damp and oiled. Darkness inside, but he could see just a little. In the main room, the fireplace against the wall was dead and black. It had been a while since it had been used. A few chairs dotted the room and in front of the one closest to the fireplace, a form lay crumpled. Tannis pulled out his torch and lit it. It took a moment to adjust his eyes, and then he almost dropped it. The form on the ground was the old hag, her face contorted into a thing of horror. Whatever killed her caused her to scream in agony, and her face froze in that position. It sent chills down his spine and dread into his stomach. Looking around quickly, he spies two more doors. He rushes to one of them, throwing it open. A bed and a few cabinets filled the small room. The bed was made with warm blankets and soft-looking pillows. Not the room of a captive, he thought. He turned and went to the other door. He stopped for a moment, hand frozen on the knob, dreading what he was going to see. There was a heap of old straw in one corner, a bucket with water next to it, and some moldy cheese on the floor by the door. A chair lay on its side in the middle of the floor, feet dangling from the rafter. He had found his sister. Tannis quickly cut her down and cradled her body in his arms. Tears streamed down his face. She must have lost hope. Given up. If he had only found her sooner, he could see movement out of the corner of his eye. Looking up, his sister stands in the doorway, translucent. Her facial expressions move back and forth between hatred and love. I am sorry, sister, that I could not find you in time. You shall have a burial on our family's property, unlike our uncle. He rots in this very swamp for what he did to you. Tannis grows quiet, and a smile comes across his sister's form. She starts to fade, her spirit allowed to rest, now that she is loved and going home. The Banshee, or Groaning Spirit, is the spirit of an evil female elf, a very rare thing indeed. According to the 2nd edition Dungeons & Dragons, that is. Banshees hate the living, finding their presence painful, and seek to harm whoever they meet. Banshees appear as floating, luminous phantasms of their former selves. Their image glows brightly at night, but is transparent in the sunlight. Most banshees are old and withered, 
but a few who died young retain their former beauty. The hair of a groaning spirit is wild and unkept. Her dress is usually tattered rags, and her face is a mask of pain and anguish. But hatred and ire burns deeply in her eyes. Banshees frequently cry out in pain, hence their name. When night falls, unlucky travelers hear the faint cries of the forlorn dead. In 5th edition, this woeful spirit is a banshee, a spiteful creature formed from the spirit of a female elf. Banshees appear as luminous, wispy forms that vaguely recall their mortal features. A banshee's face is wreathed in a wild tangle of hair, its body clad in wispy rags that flutter and stream about it. Banshees are the undead remnants of elves who, blessed with great beauty, failed to see their gift to bring joy to the world. Instead, they use their beauty to corrupt and control others. Elves, afflicted by the Banshee's curse, experience no gladness, feeling, only distress in the presence of the living. As the curse takes its toll, their minds and bodies decay, until death completes their transformation into undead monsters. A Banshee is forever bound to the place of its demise, unable to venture more than five miles from it. It is forced to relive every moment of its life with perfect recall, yet always refuses to accept responsibility for its doom. The vanity that inspired the Banshee's cursed creation persists in undeath. These creatures covet beautiful objects, fine jewelry, paintings, statues, and other objects of art. At the same time, a Banshee appears any mirrored surface, for it can't bear to see the horror of its own existence. A single glimpse of itself is enough to send a Banshee into a rage. In Pathfinder, Banshees are the furious, tormented souls of elves bound to the material plane by a betrayal that define the final hours of their lives. Some banshees arise from elves who were slain by trusted friends and allies, or whose loved ones betrayed them on their deathbeds. Others spawn from elves whose treacherous deeds shortly before their deaths left a stain upon their souls. Regardless of their origin, banshees despise the living. This hatred of life is all too often a horrific inversion of their personalities in life. Some speculate that the more kind-hearted the elf and the more wrenching the betrayal, the crueler the banshee. Banshees rarely stray far from where they perished and typically haunt thick forests and canopied swamps where little light graces the ground. Banshees' mere touch inflicts pain and primal fear, and those exposed to their wails of grief rarely survive the experience. This week's sponsor is the Wailing Banshee Pub in Inishark, Ireland. Wow, we got a sponsor from so far away. Maybe even another time. Whether you're looking for a nagin of Jameson or a coal pint of Guinness, we have all the drinks you could want. How about a coddle or a collar and cabbage to fill your stomach up? We serve it all here on our island. Come for the views and stay for the spirits at the Wailing Banshee. In second edition, Dungeons & Dragons, Banshees are formidable opponents. The mere sight of one causes fear, unless a successful saving throw versus spell is rolled. Those who fail must flee in terror for 10 rounds and are likely to drop any items they were carrying in their hands. A banshee's most dreaded weapon is its whale or keen. Any creature within 30 feet of a groaning spirit when she keens must roll a saving throw versus death magic. That's right, death magic. And guess what? Those who fail die immediately. Um, you know, kind of hence why it's death magic. Their faces contorted in horror. Fortunately, groaning spirits can keen just once per day and then only at night. Wait a second, it says once per day but only at night. So is it once at night or in the day? Oh, I get it. So once a day, but it has to be night. Sorry about that. The touch of a groaning spirit causes 1d8 points of damage. Banshees are non-corporeal and invulnerable to weapons of less than plus one enchantment. In addition, 
Groaning spirits are highly resistant to magic. They are fully immune to charm, sleep, and hold spells, and to cold and electricity-based attacks. Holy water, however, causes 2d4 points of damage if broken upon them. A dispel evil spell will kill a groaning spirit. Any creature that remains within 5 miles of a groaning spirit lair is sure to be attacked when night falls. The nature of this attack varies with the victim. Beasts and less threatening characters are killed via touch. Adventurers or demi-humans are attacked by keening. Creatures powerful enough to withstand the groaning spirit's keen are left alone. When attacking adventurers, the groaning spirit attacks at night with her whale. If any character is saved successfully, she then retreats to her lair. Therefore, each night the groaning spirit returns to whale again. This is repeated until all of the victims are dead or have left the groaning spirit's domain, or until the groaning spirit is slain. In 5th edition, the Banshee can magically sense the presence of living creatures up to 5 miles away. She knows the general direction they're in, but not their exact locations. The Banshee can move through other creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain. She takes 1d10 force damage if she ends her turn inside of an object. You know, like you. Her corrupting touch is a melee attack that does necrotic damage. Horrifying Visage causes each non-undead creature within 60 feet of the Banshee that can see her to make a wisdom saving throw or be frightened for one minute. A frightened target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns with disadvantage if the Banshee is within line of sight. If a target saving throw is successful or the effect ends for it, the target is immune to the Banshee's horrifying visage for the next 24 hours. The Banshee can release a morning whale once per day, provided that she isn't in sunlight. This whale has no effect on constructs or the undead. All other creatures within 30 feet of her that can hear her must make a DC 13 constitution saving throw. On a failure, a creature drops to zero hit points. On a success, a creature takes psychic damage. Wow. So, no win really there. You either die or live in pain. Okay. That's... And Pathfinder has a special movement. Spectral Ripple. When a Banshee strides at least 10 feet, they're concealed until the start of their next turn. They have a terrifying touch. A creature damaged by the Banshee's touch that isn't already frightened must attempt a will save. If the creature fails its save, it's frightened. If the creature is protected against fear by a spell or magic item, the Banshee's touch first attempts to counteract the protection effect with the effect of a ninth level dispel magic spell. The Banshee can unleash a soul-chilling whale. This whale overcomes silence and similar effects of fifth level or lower. The Banshee's whale resonates for one round. And any creature that comes within the area during that time must attempt a save against the effect. A creature can't be affected more than once by the same whale. The Banshees can't whale again for 1d4 rounds. It's my favorite part of the show, where we put our fear aside and whale out some ideas for your one-shotter campaign. It's Creative Chaos Corner time. Scenario 1. A man approaches a group while they enjoy a meal at an inner tavern. He introduces himself as Lord Lots of Money, and he has a business proposition for them. He recently acquired a parcel of property that was once a lucrative mine and a beautiful keep. One problem is, no one can get to it because a spirit haunts the place. He went there once during the day and saw a translucent apparition floating through the cobblestone keep. He will pay them handsomely to dispose of the thing for him. The lowdown for you, GM. Lord Lots of Money knows exactly what's going on. It is his family's estate and the spirit is an elven maiden that his great-grandfather took in and murdered. The party can either give Lord lots of money up to the spirit, and with her revenge she will leave the place, or they can destroy the spirit, or they can just walk away and pretty much tell him to bugger off. 
It's up to you and them. Scenario 2. A dark and foreboding wood stands before the party. None dare travel through it as it is said to be haunted. Story has it, an elven woman was sold to a cult by her family. The ultimate betrayal. And she was sacrificed in these very woods. If the party travels through the woods, it will cut almost two weeks off their travel. If they can remove the threat to the woods, someone is sure to pay them for reopening that travel route. Once they travel into the woods, during the day of course, they feel watched, but can't quite seem to figure out who's watching them. But it's almost nightfall and they're still in the woods. Once the sun goes down, the fun begins. The Banshee attacks. I would play the first whale off as a fumble or for some other reason they all make the saving throw. The Banshee flees returning to the spot she was hung. The party can book it out of there or they can try to kill her and free the woods of her curse. That said, I always like to give the options and haunting scenarios and this qualifies as one in my opinion, for them to recover the body, perhaps still hanging from the tree and give it a proper burial and show it kindness. That way, the spirit can be released. Now, if they are murder hobos, and that is what they do, hey, no, 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 I'm not knocking it. I've been there myself, just stating. Then by all means, they can kill her again. Scenario three, a powerful and rich lord, okay. Not really. He's a lord of a small keep with about 20 employees, but he still needs help. Instead of meeting him in his keep, he arranges to meet in a local tavern. He explains that his wife, who's recently passed away, was as gorgeous as she was cruel. A horrible person, really. But she was the best looking woman in the kingdom, so, you know, he put up with it. Shortly after her passing at the party, or I mean, her, the wake, her spirit appeared and started throwing things and people around. He has no doubt that that's his deceased wife, still being horrible even in the afterlife. No one has gone back since. Until now. He needs the party to go and, um, well, kill his wife. Um, again. Their reward? Fame. Honor. Oh. And some coin. Well, that's it for tonight. The sun's coming up, and we spirits need to return to our slumber. Thanks for visiting. I always like having visitors in my little slice of chaos. If you enjoyed yourself, please consider giving me a review on your podcast platform of choice, or like and subscribe on YouTube, where a video format can be found. It is, however, several weeks behind on publishing. I can also be found on Facebook as The Chaotic GM. I hope you would join me next time when we blow the dust off the tomes and look deep within their pages. Remember, if you truly are chaotic, your players will never know what you'll do next.